Innovation on the Edge with Microsoft Edge is a weekly podcast that explores the cutting edge of internet innovation and pop culture trends. Each week, we'll dig into how people are currently using the web to innovate, notable ways in which it's evolving, what its future might look like, and how we can create the future together. Welcome, curious creators, disruptors, and innovators to Innovation on the Edge. When you hear the term ghost kitchen, you probably think of skeletons, butcher knives, and a fiery stove. Well, I'm here to tell you it is a much friendlier experience than it sounds. A ghost kitchen is a recent innovation in the restaurateur industry. Now, it's not exactly a restaurant, and you don't exactly go there to get the food yourself. But it's made your pandemic life much more comfortable. How do they work? I'm Chelsea Briggs, and today on the show, we dig deeper into the topic with Dan Unter, co-founder of Kitch, which is essentially an Airbnb for food businesses looking to rent out ghost kitchens. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you doing today? Thanks for joining us all the way from New York. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I just want to jump right into it because obviously we are talking about the trend of ghost kitchens, which have really exploded in the last year. So I want to hear in your own words, because I think a lot of people don't know what that term means. What is a ghost kitchen? Absolutely. So very basically, a ghost kitchen is a restaurant that is that doesn't have a dining area or signage. It is just the kitchen. Um, so the term ghost kitchen sort of helps because it's sort of hidden, but it is still a restaurant, all things considered. It's the same equipment. It's the same good people. It's the same packaging. Mm. It's the same technology. Uh, it's just no dining area, and thus it's more economical. It does have a lot of advantages in many ways. We can get all into that. Tell us in a few sentences, what do you do at Kitch? What does Kitch do, and how does it relate to Ghost Kitchens? Sure. So Kitch is um, is a marketplace. We are the uh, Airbnb of commercial kitchens, which essentially means you can list your commercial kitchen if you're a restaurant or a hotel or a country club or a grocery store or whatever you've got an expensive asset you can list your kitchen on our site to create revenue um, with outside people coming in and using that space those outside people are killer new concepts they're delivery only or catering businesses they're really some of them are really big, uh, expanding into far-reaching markets. Um, there's a lot of exciting possibilities out there in the in the ghost kitchen sort of space because of the technology that's out there. Most importantly, the delivery platforms like DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats make the delivery market very interesting uh, and possible and viable. But there's also like you know Instagram. And there's also a whole host of other technologies that are out there that um, are making the food business more exciting, more accessible, and more interesting. Use Kitch launched right before the pandemic. So you must have known that the industry was moving in this direction. So I'm curious to kind of hear you talk about how you foresaw this and like speaking on that a little bit. Sure, no problem. Um, Yeah, I mean, we certainly didn't invent uh, ghost kitchens. They were getting popular in Asia. They're called dark kitchens a few years ago um, or about a year and a half ago. We um, were really looking to ride a trend of the technologies out there and create opportunities. So I, my background is a restaurateur. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've run into those like high leverage headwinds 
that um, any restaurateur run in, runs into. And basically those are essentially building out a new space if you need to expand, which that's just how it goes. You know, you go from one to two to three, whatever. Um, it's a lot of money. It's very expensive. Uh, you know, say 500000 to a million dollars to open up an individual restaurant. Plus it's a 10-year lease. There's a personal guarantee attached to it. It is very, it's a very high stressful, high leverage business that if you underperform, you end up in a really bad situation, um, which is why so many restaurants close, which is why so many people want to open a restaurant, but everyone tells them not to because of X, Y, and Z, you know, 40% of all restaurants close after two years or whatever the, uh, whatever the, the sort of new term is of the day. I hear different ones all the time. Um, that's what makes the restaurant industry so difficult. So basically ghost kitchens being this like new economical way to get into new markets, to expand your reach, to do all these different things is, and was even a few years ago, very exciting. Again, Asia definitely was starting there. It was a little bit in Europe and then in LA and New York, starting to see it with bigger companies jumping into the game. Um, Kitsch did it in a marketplace fashion because we came out of uh, an accelerator and necessity is the mother of invention. So instead of leasing out spaces and turning them into ghost kitchens, we decided to go the, the, um, the cheaper route essentially of doing it as a marketplace because that's, you know, that's what we had was the sort of the, the money that we had and the resources that we had. But really, the marketplace model is so exciting yeah. because it just opens up both sides. It's, it's an interesting model, right? I mean, you know, essentially, you, instead of building your own and, and renting out spaces, you, um, you now give that money to other people. So mm. we're just like middlemen, essentially, which is great because it's brand new. Yeah. All of it is brand new. Well, and like I said, perfect timing to launch Kitsch. What would you say dur- yes. dur- during the time of the ongoing pandemic, what is the, the particular role that ghost kitchens have played for the food delivery space? What would you say? So um, during the pandemic, when everybody was ordering delivery, um, ghost kitchens played a vital role. I mean, you know, they were a way for people to stay in business, essentially. Yeah. Um, there was a shockingly uh, very little movement in the food industry. People were hunkered down. They were worried about, you know, I mean, obviously worried about getting sick, of course. Um, so labor, um, going out and, uh, you know, cities were shut down, areas were shut down and people were at home and they were saying, you know, I can't do anything, right? I can't go to work. I can't go out. I can't travel. I can't see or do anything live music, et cetera. What is something that I can do? I mean, I I can cook, right? But there's only so far you're going to take that, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you know, it gets old fast. Food delivery became one of those things that you could do. Like I tried that new burger place. There's a new chicken sandwich out there. There's like, you know, this innovative thing, even like, larger like high-end um even like michelin star restaurants were like how do we put food on paper plates and actually serve it to give society like 
something, you yeah. know, give people things to talk about, you know, as opposed to the, the sort of mundane. And, and again, Netflix being sort of the, the only thing you've got besides some cool food. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's what's been crazy is seeing, because I think everyone, you know, obviously the, the restaurant industry took such a big hit, but then seeing them be able to figure out, maneuver how they would do their delivery and do it different and do it better. And I think the thing that I was reading about is that some some of these restaurants even just, they sort of like, if, if they had a burger that was doing really well, then that became sort of their ghost kitchen. They would just make that burger and do it well and, and um, kind of talk about that a little bit, because ghost kitchens can be done in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. There, there's a million ways, and I will go off the rails talking about it. But for sure, to your comment, like single item, really cool concepts are happening. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like you know, Mr. Beast Burger, and there's like everyone's got a chicken sandwich coming out. Um, you know, those single items can really hit because you can very easily put them in places. You can go to a restaurant and say, hey, um, you guys are busy for breakfast. You're busy for lunch. But, like, you know, you're not that busy for dinner. Why don't you keep your labor force, keep your guys and gals there and sell my chicken sandwich? Mm. Um, It's highly Instagrammable, right? It's like everyone's eating that sandwich. It's like an experience. Um, That restaurant can then make money. And those are not – they're not necessarily called ghost kitchens. That's really more of a virtual brand. They are very much intertwined um, in the business scape, but like essentially that's a virtual brand, which means you're on DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever, and you order that sandwich. That's coming from another restaurant, but with those same people that like, they know how to make it. They know how to make it delicious. Um, There's tons of those. There's tons of those concepts coming out and a lot of them are the real deal. Hmm. Um, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but obviously ghost kitchens are giving people that want to start restaurants this opportunity to do it. What are your thoughts on kind of these new brands coming to the forefront? And maybe some of these people don't even have the kind of restaurant um, experience that you have. What's your take on that? Um, if you want to open up a restaurant, if you wanted to open up a restaurant a year ago, right? Or I don't know, a year ago probably didn't even exist, right? It was during the pandemic. But like, if you wanted to open a restaurant like two, three years ago, um, you had to buy a restaurant. You had to like go through the motions, like spend that money, spend that, let's call it a million dollars to like open a restaurant. Now for like four or 5,000 bucks, you can open a restaurant, you know, like maybe you spend, you know, four grand on your sort of ghost kitchen, you spend a couple thousand on a cool, you know, PR marketing campaign, you get your supplies. So like 10 grand instead of a million, right? Like that's sort of like you're in. Um, and that differential is going to spur a ton of creativity, mm-hmm. whether you know what you're doing or not, you can fail, but at least you will fail holding everything. Totally. Right? That's the big piece because that's a way to for lead people to in a very lean way in a very sort of like um risk mitigated way to go out and be like you know what i've always wanted to do something i think this is good but if it sucks and nobody wants it i'm not like dead in the water i didn't just spend like my mortgage like my kids college fund or whatever on like my dream of opening a restaurant but i did get to try it and by the way if it if you win on it 
if you are successful, you have like an entree into like opening three more ghost kitchens to expand into the entire city area, right? Cover all of LA with three or four more ghost kitchens or go to that brick and mortar and start collecting data on like, you know, your customers, what do they want? Mm. Because like, that's the other thing is the restaurant industry does not allow you to figure out what people want and what they want to pay for and what they want to experience until you've put your wallet and like signed in blood uh, in on the, on the space. So like now it's like, I don't know what I want to do. You know, like this is going to be, I want to do this. This is like the wildest thing I could think of. Um, and it may be amazing. And it but may not be. Not, yeah. Then that's okay too. I was curious yeah. about like, cause I think with this too, it's setting the bar higher, right? People are, there's more, um, there's more ways you can get food. There's more companies opening up. So it's setting the bar higher for food quality, for better delivery. I would love to hear you sort of speak on that a little bit and what we're seeing. I think, yeah. I think that's an awesome point. Totally. Competition is great. Competition in the food industry is a normality. Um, you know, there's a pizza place like, you know, in New York on every corner and they're all really good because if you're not good, you're not going to stay around. Um, it is not supposed to be, the restaurant industry is not supposed to be monopolistic. It's not supposed to be like, well, you know, there should be one pizza place in every neighborhood. It's like, it should be four because you know what, as the end customer, your point is totally perfect. Um, you deserve to have that competitive landscape because then it ups the game of the businesses. Obviously, you know, this is such a trending thing. and Ghost, ghost kitchens are attracting so many interesting players, ones that have been able to raise millions of dollars. Um, there's so many investors interested. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why is ghost kitchen such a trendy thing right now? Well, um, very easily, the delivery market in a few short years is going to be about at about a trillion dollars. So um, that's just general delivery. Ghost kitchens are going to be a percentage of that, and they're not going anywhere, yeah. right? Again, like we said, ghost kitchens are cool. They're like, for if you're a big company or a newbie or like in the middle grounds, it's a way. It's like a, a scenario for you to say, I want to go to like, you know, whatever, this other area, but I don't want to, I don't want to bet the bank on it. But let me see, let's see how it works. So like ghost kitchens are going to play a big part of, they're going to be a percentage of that $1 trillion market. And guess what? People want to spend money to get involved in that scenario because it's huge, uh, you know, and it's growing from there. I mean, you know, this is just the beginning. There's always people that no matter what are kind of like negative about it. And like you kind of read two sides of it. People think ghost kitchens are such a good thing for the restaurant industry. But then there are people that are like, meh, I don't know. And I think they're going to die out after the pandemic. What do you think? Are they a good thing for the restaurant industry? Yeah, I do. Uh, for those exact reasons. I, I, you know, basically having an ability to open or expand in an economical way or fail in an economical way Um is huge for an industry that never had this. Um, Are there going to be people that sort of take advantage of that and like offer something that's like not great, but like cheaper because their business is cheaper? Sure. Um, Are the customers eventually going to be the ones that decide which is the winner, which is loser? Yeah. So I, I don't see like the general scope of like, well, a more efficient business is bad for the restaurant, for this industry or whatever industry, because it's more efficient, right? Or because it's cheaper to get into it, that makes it bad for the people that are paying a lot. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just don't see how that that doesn't make sense, right? Uh, I think that eventually all this stuff shakes out. It is the sort of topic in the restaurant industry. It is and so trendy. <laughs> it is. It's very trendy. It is a thing to talk about, of course, in like, you know, and that's for good reason because mm-hmm. it is very disruptive. But at the end of the day, uh, in, you know, a certain period of time, it'll just sort of be part of the landscape. Do you think... I don't. I mean, obviously, there's no way that the dining experience at a restaurant is going to be a dying thing. That's always going to be around. But how do you? What does it mean for the future of sort of the brick and mortar? Um. Well, I think it's exciting. Uh, Again, brick and mortar offers a much bigger revenue opportunity. Um, It all. It also offers you know a much bigger leverage. So as we discussed, you know, it's a a little more frightening. But uh, for the people that make it work. Um, brick and mortar is the best. So like, um, as people go back to restaurants, it's really exciting because now restaurateurs armed with new options as to like how to reach new customers have that, you know, even the ghost kitchens. So like your place in Santa Monica is like exploding, right? You're, and it's, you're getting tons of Instagram followers and everyone on Facebook is like, yeah, I'm in downtown. Like, why can't I get your food? I'm in Sherman Oaks. Like I'm, you know, in Orange County. And you're like, you know what? In a really cheap way, I can get you my food. Mm. And by the way, when catering opens in Century City or in downtown, like I don't need, I could go and shake everybody's hand and like go offer my catering at a good price. Um, and employ more people and like offer my, you know, services in a cheap way. So I think that ghost kitchens, they don't stand alone. They don't, they're not like in opposition to brick and mortar. They're just something else. Mm. But I think as brick and mortar grows, uh, finally and thankfully post pandemic, um, you're going to see operators that are seeing success and need to expand and Mm. need to like keep their labor force rolling and, you know, not want to um, sort of ruin the in-store experience by the influx of the continual influx of deliveries, right? So like as people start coming into your restaurant, but you're still getting those huge amounts of deliveries, then people are sitting down or they're they're ordering at the counter, whatever kind of restaurant you have. And you're like, I've got a hundred deliveries before the next person that's going to get up that, that needs to order here. Now you have an ability for, you know, very little money in comparison to what was normally out there to get a kitchen that just does delivery, Mm -hmm. just does catering. Um, And that's really exciting. So I love the idea of brick and mortar growing it. Yes, it has to. We love it. We love sitting down, having experiences, meeting friends, going on dates, et cetera, like family, all that stuff is like, it's the best thing ever. So um, that's, we're big champions of that. Um, so obviously you think ghost kitchens are here to stay for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, of course. How, how do you see them evolving in the future? I, I just, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I see ghost kitchens sort of evolving as part of the playbook. Um, and that's the most exciting thing. Just an opportunity. If I had... I had money put aside in my restaurant, you know, like I had like a ton of like just cash that I was like, I got to just open a restaurant in, I was like looking on 52nd in Manhattan. um, And it was like, 
the proposition of like putting down hundreds of thousands of dollars on another place. And then if it didn't perform well, then like my first place, which was, I was a sole owner operator was going to have to pay for the second while it ramped up. You know what I mean? And like the prospect of that was so frightening. I never did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never signed on the dotted line. I had a couple places lined up and I was like, you know what, if, if I do this and like, it just doesn't perform as well, like medium performance, then I'm screwed. Um, and I'm going to have to fire people from like my other place. Cause my labor force is my second most expensive thing besides my rent. So mm-hmm. it was incredibly daunting. And just the idea of like all of those me's out there, um, that are like, how do I keep building? Um, having the option of saying, you know what, you don't need all, you don't need to spend all that money. Just mm-hmm. go out there and get a couple, couple of ghost kitchens, figure out what the market wants. Um, open five more or then go with the brick and mortar, but then you're armed with the knowledge. Um, and I think data is a big piece. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. I mean, you're training staff, you're getting your supply. That's also huge. Cause like the ramp up in the, in the restaurant industry is like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like you got to ramp up, you know, you got to like hire your staff, then fire the worst ones, then like get your supply and then like, work your menu and then people come in and they're like, what is this? And you're like, Oh, I got to refigure this out. Um, getting all that done beforehand is so cool. And like getting it and then being like, all right, I'm ready to go. Well, I think even too like this, just the easy, the easy way of switching things, like the menu, you can just do it online since everything's online if, with ghost kitchens. A lot of them, it's, it's an mm-hmm. easy switch. It's an easy thing to do. Easy thing to, thing to cater to your audience, to your, totally. Yeah, you can pivot. Yeah, pivot pretty You can pivot. I mean, restaurants pivot all the time. You see like an Italian place and then you see like it has like a different name and you're like, is that the same people? Like it is difficult. And like it is that experience of pivoting a restaurant when you're paying, you know, 12K a month um, in just rent, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Or 30K or whatever. Yeah. is frightening, right? Because new customers in the restaurant business are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Repeat customers are profitable. So you got to get past those new customers. You got to like, you got to bring them in. And if they're like, I hate it here, or like, I didn't have a great experience, or I'm not coming back, then like you lost them. Hmm. Um, they're probably not coming back. And that's fine. But like, it is that whole proposition of like getting to the point where you know what you're doing is the really expensive part. And then like you, then it's a little smoother sailing. Like this is working. So like, great, let's do it the right way. Right. Uh, let's just keep that party going. But like, if it's not working and you need to like, it's a bumpy road, man, that's stressful. And then like, you see why a lot of, as a restaurateur, like you start looking at menus and you're like, wow, those are some cheap ingredients. And you start seeing like, why, you know, every bar has like jalapeno poppers that are like frozen. You know what I mean? It's just cheap. Ugh, um, and it's because restaurants are expensive. Yeah. They're just like, everything is out of your pocket. So like this sort of ghost kitchen, lower leverage experience will be spurring more interesting and just better ingredient usage, um, more interesting labor and opportunities for young and more mature um, chefs. You know, like the next Anthony Bourdain, maybe mm-hmm. like this dropout who's like, I just 
I just have something to say in the form of food, you know, like, but I don't have friends and family of like the three to $500,000 range. I got like 12 grand. Um, So, you know, I think that's going to be happening. I think it's kind of cool. I I like it. I like the idea of that. Um, what would be your advice or tips to anyone that's looking to break into the ghost kitchen market? What would you say? Go to usekitch.com. <laughs> there it is. Uh, There's well, the no. pitch. <laughs> I knew it was coming. So, super pluggy right there. Um, uh, if you want to open a ghost kitchen, a ghost kitchen is no different than any restaurant. Mm-hmm. It is the same. It is different in the sense of the proportions of money that you're paying out, but it's the same in the sense of, you know, knowing what you're paying for uh, food costs, you know, like there's percentages, the, the food business has its own sort of set of calculations, which is no different than any other industry. Um, so work it through. I mean, if you're, if you know what you're talking about, then sure, go on use kitch, um, go find a ghost kitchen somewhere um and go crush it if you're new to the industry and you're like i I'm, i just want to make something happen i would say of course do your research totally figure it out and then once you do your research and figure it out you're going to be coming to kitsch anyway because yes. you're gonna be like i don't want to blow that money <laughs> that's right uh, up front so we're a good option for people that know what they're doing that's awesome i well i have to say your passion for ghost kitchens makes me smile so thank you thanks chelsea we'll talk to you soon thanks for having me All right. I'd like to thank our guest, Dan Unter, for joining me on Innovation on the Edge with Microsoft Edge. We will, of course, be back next week with another episode exploring more internet innovations, pop culture trends, and, of course, how we can create a better future together. 